Blog Talk Radio. Hold on, Brad, it's coming. Lord, help this technology. I can hear you now. I know it. Hold on, I'm waiting. It's being a little fickle. So hold on just a second. Welcome, Bribe. We are live. So give us just a minute. We've got technical difficulties. The devil is a liar. Yes, Lord. Work this out, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Bride, you can follow this on WATBradio.com and uh, on Facebook at WATB Radio. Well, the devil is a liar for sure. Okay, here we go. We are the Bride Radio. It's the voice of the true Bride of Christ. the bride of Christ to stand up and take your place in the army and the kingdom we recognize our battle is not with flesh and blood but with the principalities and the powers of the air we are a ministry of prayer and we highlight what God is doing through other ministries and ministers across the globe we provide a platform for ministers and a place for the bride to come together and rally around each other, hold up each other's arms, and pray for one another. WATB Radio celebrates the various missions that God has called each one of us to in this army, so we desire to promote and enhance the bride as a whole. Go, bride! Our soon-coming king awaits. This is a W.A.T. You know, several years ago, I was in New York City. It was a dark Saturday afternoon. The minute black woman came up, the only question I heard from her was, you Martin Luther King? And I said, yes. The next minute, I felt something beating on my chest. Before I knew it, I had been stabbed by this demented woman. That blade had gone through and the x-rays revealed. The tip of the blade was on the edge of my aorta, the main artery. And once that's punctured, you're drowned in your own blood. That's the end of it. It came out in the New York Times the next morning that if I had merely sneezed, I would have died. After my chest had been opened and the blade had been taken out, from all over the states and the world, kind letters came in. One of them, 
I will never forget. I had received one from the president and the vice president. I've forgotten what those telegrams said. I'd received a visit and a letter from the governor of New York, but I've forgotten what that letter said. But there was another letter that came from a little girl. Said simply, dear Dr. King, while it should not matter, I would like to mention that I'm a white girl. I'm simply writing you to say that I'm so happy that you didn't sneeze. And I want to say tonight, I want to say tonight that I too am happy that I didn't sneeze because if I had sneezed, I wouldn't have been around here in 1960 when students all over the South started sitting in at lunch counters. And I knew that as they were sitting in, they were really standing up for the best in the American dream taking the whole nation back to those great wells of democracy which were dug deep by the founding fathers in the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution if I had sneezed. I wouldn't have been around here in 1961 when we decided to take a ride for freedom and ended segregation in interstate travel. If I had sneezed, I wouldn't have been around here in 1962, the Negroes in Albany, Georgia, decided to straighten their backs up. And whenever men and women straighten their backs up, they are going somewhere because a man can't ride your back unless it is bent. If I had seen, I wouldn't have been here in 1963. Black people of Birmingham, Alabama, aroused the conscience of this nation brought into being the Civil Rights Bill if I had sneezed. I wouldn't have had a chance later that year in August to try to tell America about a dream that I had had. If I had sneezed, I wouldn't have been down in Selma, Alabama to see the great movement there. If I had sneezed, I wouldn't have been in Memphis to see a community rally around those brothers and sisters who are suffering. I'm so happy that I didn't sneeze. Like anybody, I would like to live. But I'm not concerned about that now. I just want to do God's will. So I'm happy tonight. I'm not worried about anything. I'm not fearing any man. Mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. Well, it's only appropriate to go at this point and give it over to our co-host of the night. Please give it up for Dr. Hunt. Hello, Dr. Hunt. If you would please address everyone and tell them about tonight. I want to just thank God for you and for the entire uh, panel. Uh, Tonight is about uh, God, the God of the Bible, the God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, the God of Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr., our God, and how he gives honor uh, to those whom he uh, creates and those whom he has created. So it's about just seeing how he works uh, through his creation and how heaven declares the glory. So 
I'm thankful, uh, Dr. Knight, to be in this uh, wonderful, intimate panel uh, to talk about God and what he's up to uh, yeah. in our day. And so well, we know that God is up, ahead, always up to something. He's always up to something. In the beginning, God said, let there be. And when he said, let there be, then there was. Because God does not change, he's always saying, let there be. And so when he says that, then something is. And so we're watching, and we're today's custodians. We're the keepers of the faith so that we can be in the ready. When he says write the vision, we are standing uh, listening. When he says go, we're ready. Uh, and like a, a Gideon, we're not waiting on everybody. We're just going to take the ones who are left water like a dog. We're going to take those who say, uh, for you, God, uh, I live and for you, I will die. That's the spirit of uh, the biblical leaders. Uh, that's the spirit uh, of uh, the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr. So I'm happy tonight to just really uh, be a part of what you have assembled uh, as a uh, a team of visionaries and leaders who can talk it forward, who can pray it forward, and who can be it now. Well, I would like for you to tell the panel and tell America and all of our listeners abroad, I would like for you to tell just a quick portion of how you got involved with Martin Luther King Jr. and how it led up to today. Would you mind taking us and telling us about it? Yeah, so I uh, had heard, like most people in uh, school, through history, uh, the works, the life of Dr. King. And uh, as a man who only lived to be 39, uh, not only in time on the chronos, but in God's ordained steps uh, and works, in a legacy, uh, we can see uh, his imprint. Uh, he would be 90 years old uh, today. Uh, he would have turned 90 years old on the 15th, January 15th. But being introduced to him uh, in various ways, I'm a third-generation minister, so you would hear about Dr. King and the uh, works uh, that he was doing. But it was in 1989, 30 years ago, uh, I took a trip to Atlanta from Memphis. I was living in Memphis, had worked in uh, media marketing, and decided not to go home for Thanksgiving, uh, November 1989, and ended up in Atlanta, and not purpose uh, in any part of my planning to go to the uh, Center, the MLK Center, but I ended up there. And when I came back uh, the 1st of December, living in Memphis, uh, there was really no uh, major tribute. And we can understand this is 89. The legislation for the federal holiday was passed. Uh, 83, 86 was when uh, states and cities began to uh, organize commemoration. And so it was just God saying to me, do something for this man in Memphis 
and I ended up going to the Orpheum Theater, uh, the largest venue, uh, Broadway venue in Memphis. And I just wanted to do something that was honorable, uh, that would be uh, a record of honor and tribute. And so that's how I became connected. There's a story uh, that pushed me to another level of understanding and uh, giving honor. I needed a speaker. This is one of my favorite stories, but uh, I needed a speaker. And I heard uh, in some interviews that Dr. E.B. Hill, everybody knows Dr. Edward Victor Hill, uh, that yeah. great pulpiteer. We, we could just see him. Uh, he was so uh, full of life, and his persona was just electric. Yeah, he could go from various degrees of intellect uh, relating, uh, but he was always himself, no matter where he went. I didn't know him, but I knew of him. So I called his office, the Mount Zion Baptist Church in California, and I got him on the, uh, the line. Now, this is before cell phones were, you know, popular, 89, 1989. And when I got him on the phone, I said, you don't know me. I'm wanting to do something big for your friend, Dr. King, in Memphis. And I, I want you to come and be my keynote speaker. <laughs> you can just see that. And uh, Now, Dr. Hearn, I'm going to have to interrupt you. I'm going to have to interrupt you just a moment. There's a lot of static on your end. I don't okay. know what that is. Let me see if I can um, reposition my um, my mic. Is that better? Yes, it is, actually. Uh, okay, go ahead. So if you can hear me. Uh, yes, Dr. that's Hill, much better. Yes, sir. All right. He, he took the call, and he said, son, I'll get back with you. And this was two weeks before the federal holiday. This was December. And a few days later, I get a call from his office. And the divorce says, I'm calling on behalf of Dr. Hill. Dr. Hill will be arriving Memphis on Sunday, January 14th, and he'll be returning to California on Tuesday, January 16th. So I'm very excited. Got Dr. Hill coming to the Orpheum Theater, uh, and it's going to be a great tribute. And so I paused and said, now that I you know, got the confirmation, well, what, what's the requirements? What are my requirements? And the lady, his secretary, said, get him a good room and feed him well. He told me to tell you he's doing this for his friend. And you know, that, that was the transference, and that was really my uh, induction into what it means uh, to give honor. No first-class so ticket that I had been, to purchase. You've been doing this. You've been doing this now for over 30 years, correct? Yes, it, this is the 30th year. Uh, I actually did the first one in 1990. I started in 89 with that uh, reference there. But uh, 30 years ago, uh, I began to honor Reverend Dr. King with various programs, productions. Uh, I brought Martin Luther King the third in the second year, and they hadn't been coming to Memphis because they – uh, didn't want to come back to that horrific city where their father uh, was assassinated. But they saw us giving honor 
in a way that was unique uh, in Memphis. So Martin Luther King III came. And the third year, we uh, did the opening for the National Civil Rights Museum, and we had Clifton Davis from the uh, sitcom Amen. Uh, he was our keynote. So we, we've had various uh, uh, tributes uh, over the past 30 years in different formats. Well, Dr. Hunt, I want to thank you so much. I wanted the world to hear your story of how all this began. But right now, we are going to introduce our panel. So let's go ahead and start off with Apostle Fred Berry. How are you doing, sir? Well, God bless you. It's so good to be with you. I'm doing very good. I'm in Los Angeles, California, and I did know E.B. Hill, so I'm excited to hear that testimony. And, uh, ready to go. Yes, I would like for you to tell us, uh, Mr. Barry, a little bit about your ministry and how people can find out more about you, sir. Well, uh, our ministry, we are an apostolic hub, a, a training center on the Azusa Street location in downtown Los Angeles. And Azusa Street is very well known in the classical Pentecostal circles as a place where God yes. poured out his spirit and spoke to the church uh, about unity in the body of Christ and used a man named Pastor William Seymour to bring that unity into manifestation, that revival and that, that message of unity in the body of Christ uh, spread around the world now, 800 million members around the world. And so we caretake that wow. location. And you can visit us at AzusaStreetMission.org. And we do an annual festival every year. This will be our 13th year of the Azusa Fest celebration and conference. And that's in April 5, 6, and 7 of this year. And if you want to know more, visit us at AzusaStreetMission.org. And that will have the details of our Azusa Fest celebration where we bring people from all over the world uh, back to Azusa Street. And then we go to nations, and right now we're, we're, we're anchored very strongly in Brazil, and we're now opening up new territory in Rwanda, Uganda, and other parts of Africa right now. So God's given us favor, but Brazil is our main wow. location right now. And uh, the favor of God has been upon us, and we've been able to reach the nation, and now we're seeing that nation transform. Uh, they've reached their tipping point. More than 50% of that nation is saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost. They just ordained or commissioned their first Christian president uh, in Brazil, in uh, President Bolsonaro and his lovely wife are, are leading that nation out. So we're part of that team that's been praying for leadership. And so we pray for America, and we're here today to work with you. Amen. Oh, amen. We're so honored to have you on here, sir. Okay, now we're moving on to Miss Sarah Lowe. She is in Tennessee. Hello, Miss Sarah. How you doing, sister? I'm great. Sarah, tell us a little bit about you and about your ministry in Tennessee, and what is it that you do, and how can they find out more about you? Well, I pray. <laughs> So I'm, I'm, my husband and I are co-leaders, uh, national area leaders for the National Day of Prayer Task Force, and we Yay. have been have involved in this for 30 years. And from 
in all, all kinds of different ways and moving around the country. And every time we move, God blesses us with another assignment. <laughs> we wow. hold our hands wide open, and he's always got something to fill it. When we moved here uh, about 16 years ago, he introduced us to, uh, well, I guess it was about 10 we actually met uh, Dr. Hunt. And um, oh, he opened up a whole nother world to us, and we began to, even though I was alive when Dr. King was shot, and I remember it so well, I was in high school, but I began to understand a lot more about all the significant events of of Dr. King's life, and uh, so I am actively involved in this Holy Day um, celebrations walking alongside with Dr. Hump for the last at least 10 years, and and he has introduced us around the nation. It has been such an exciting um, and awe-inspiring journey. Oh. Well, I would like to ask you, Miss Sarah, I know I was going to have you pray up front, but I would like for you, if you can hang on until the end of this hour, I would like for you to pray, because I'm going to blow the shofar after the commercial. And then before everyone preaches, I would be honored if you would pray then. Can you hang on a little bit longer? I can do it. Okay, awesome. Okay, everybody, we're going to move on to Detroit, Michigan. Go, Detroit. Let's give it up now for Apostle Natiki. How you doing, Apostle? I'm wonderful, my sister. Blessings to everyone. Yes, please tell us a little bit about you and your ministry and what you do in Detroit. Well, I am over Church of the Living Waters, Detroit. Uh, We are an apostolic prophetic ministry that raises up and disciples those, those that are assigned to ascension gifts and send them out, as well as um, the Lord has given me a ministry called Love Broke the Chains. And we minister to those within the LGBT community, and right. we encourage them to come out of the lifestyle and begin a relationship with Christ. And we also educate um, the body of Christ how to disciple and nurture those who may come in the midst of them seeking healing and deliverance. And we have evangelism um, outreach that we do. We go to the pride festivals and preach the gospel there. And we just go into different states and cities and just really spread the gospel to teach what to do when you have those that come into the midst at our day, as yes. well as teaching the ministries how to protect their ministries from the LGBT yes, activists. Yes. Now, how can they find out more about you? Do you have a website or what? Yes, ma'am, I do. Uh, I am okay. on Facebook if you guys want to connect with me there, as well as you can go to lovebrokethechain.org or the church website is cotlwdetroit.org. That is so awesome, sister. I'm so happy to have Detroit on the line. 
I love Detroit. Thank you, sister. Okay, now we are going to move on to Baltimore, Maryland. Give it up for Pastor Carl Tavares. How you doing, Pastor? Pastor Carl. Yes, I am here. I had forgive me. <laughs> bless you, bless you, bless you. Bless you, sir. How are you doing tonight? I am I am just extremely honored and uh just thankful to the Lord. Well, I wanna tell you something and all of you that's watching and all of you that's listening across the world, Pastor Carl was our speaker today at the MLK Memorial and he was amazing. I was so proud of you because he talked about Martin Luther King Junior and how he was in ministry and we are called to go. So that yeah. was really awesome. Now listen, uh Carl, would you mind talking to everybody and telling them a little bit about your life and how they can get in touch with you? Well, you can reach me on Facebook, uh at Carl Tavares and uh my I'm my, my, I'm one that didn't want to preach this gospel. The Lord called me and I told him no, I'm an accountant, but you know he gets what he wants. So now we are just so excited <laughs> being obedient yeah, in does. church every Sunday and uh, just, you know, it was a fight. Didn't want to fight, but, you know, we had to learn how to fight in this uh, yeah. arena with the Lord. So we're living the best life. I'm telling you, I'm so excited. And uh, today was just an honor and a privilege. Didn't see the call coming, but the Lord is in charge. And we're just so thankful to be on the line uh, with you this evening. Yes, thank you so much, Pastor Carl, for being with us. Okay, now we're going to go to Chaplain Yolanda Walker from Nashville, Tennessee. How are you doing, Chaplain? I am doing fine, Dr. Knight. How are you? I am doing great. Listen, I'm so excited to have you on tonight because you will give a really unique perspective because of what God has called you to do, which is the women's prison in Nashville. Can you talk to us about your ministry and what you do? I have been serving as the chaplain with the women's prison here in Nashville for uh, 15 years now. Um, We have just launched um, what I'll call our kick crusades, Kingdom Impact Crusades, and is basically dealing with intercession and prayer and healing and deliverance and the prophetic. And so we are looking to uh, carry that out to other prisons. Um, My ministry organization is called Trifold Outreach, and it's a nonprofit organization whose mission is to reach the lost at any cost by equipping disciples for leadership in marginalized communities, empowering the disenfranchised, and impacting the world for kingdom living. And so we help to license and ordain women and men of the gospel. As uh, many of you are aware, sometimes women uh, sometimes aren't given fair opportunities to get licensed and ordained. So that's a part of what we do. And so we are excited. We just started um, our church. And so we will be meeting twice a month beginning in February. And so we're excited about what God is doing in Nashville, Tennessee. All right. Thank you so much for being with us. 
Now, we have someone on the line from area code 202. Is this Dr. Boone? Uh, yes, it is, my darling. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we got Dr. Boone. <laughs> hey, Dr. Boone, uh, she is in Washington, D.C. Would you mind telling us a little bit about you, your ministry, and what you do, ma'am? I would just be delighted. Uh, I am uh, Dr. Boone, Terentia Boone. And I am the chairperson of the Capital Region National Day of Prayer in um, Washington, D.C., um, my 34th year this year. Wow. And, <laughs> and um, I'm also the founder of International Christian Host Coalition, Ministries, which um, is a coalition of pastors um, in the uh, DMV that we come together um, regularly to lift up our nation in prayer and to also be a, um, a, 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 a spiritual force um, to uh, um, counter, or let's say, um, into the spiritual realm, that the, the presence of God will have an entrance into into the area. We also have a now generation uh, group of um, leaders that we are um, mentoring raising up to be wow, future awesome. leaders in the um in in the world. So my life is very full. I am I will have my eighty fourth birthday uh, Yay! in February. Yeah. <laughs> still very much full of vision and purpose and just Thanking God, I can be a part of what God is doing in the earth in this now. So that's a quick snapshot. Well, I want to ask you one other thing before I move on to the next speaker. Is if you don't mind telling the world what you do at the Martin Luther King Memorial every month? Yes, and, and that's the part, the whole foundation. Uh, of my life is prayer. And on the first Saturday of every month, group of pastors, we are part of Jericho Prayer Movement, and I am uh, a part of the leadership uh, with that. And we have 13 altars. We call them altars at very significant places in the a Washington area, and one of those significant places is the Martin Luther King Memorial. So we meet there the first Saturday of every month, rain, snow, hail, snow, it doesn't matter, 6 a.m. to 7 a.m. in the morning approximately, and then we all go meet all the 13 altered leaders and participants. We meet together for a time. Of, of prayer and fellowship and um, and sharing together how we can be influencers in the earth for Jesus. 
Yes. Now I am going to go back to Dr. Hunt. Are you still on the line with us, Dr. Hunt? I am. Can you hear me okay? Yes, I can hear you good. Before we go to Pastor Carolyn, I would like to ask you, kind of uh, going on the skirt tails of what Dr. Boone said, I would like for you to explain to the world about what you said about the site of the MLK Memorial as a, a holy site, you know, that it's very peaceful. How did you explain that? Can you explain it to everyone? When you are in the nation's capital and it is really the land uh, that Reverend Dr. King was speaking of when he said, I may not get there with you, April 3rd, 1968. He said, but we as a people will get to the promised land. He was talking about a geographical place where power influence uh, in this nation was governed and uh, regulated. And so once the monument uh, in its honor was dedicated, October 16, 2011, we knew that it was a landmark that God's people could come uh, to the nation's capital, not have to come to a political or any denominational venue, but this was a place uh, that would be declared holy ground, a spiritual landmark. And so we began uh, praying uh, it forward and dedicating and consecrating uh, a series of uh, yearly events, uh, communing with leaders, Dr. Boone, Boone being one, uh, the National Day of Prayer, Sarah Lowe, and that uh, ministry group, we would all come and we would dedicate this so that it would be a place where oh. today I call it uh, the pulpit uh, of our nation, 30 feet high, is a pulpit uh, where we can come and pray. Uh, we can come and, and now more uh, distinctly see him as a biblical rights movement leader, uh, one who was activating the word of God. He was an activist saying that God's word is final. It's more uh, than any other law. It's the law of the Lord and it's perfect. So, we, we have clearly uh, been able to uh, understand. Now we're looking to help reveal that and greatly define it to those in the now generation. Yes, thank you so much for clarifying that. I want to say that when we was out there today, Dr. Boone, I just want to give you props today because you was an excellent co-host today. Uh, for that event at the memorial. And Dr. Hunt, I know you're very grateful for all that she did. Amen. We're grateful that, you know, visionaries, um, so many people, you know, if you think about the 60s, if there was a medical doctor doing medical uh, practicing or he was a a medical practitioner, you would say that's a doctor uh, that was doing his professional work in the 60s or in that era we call the civil rights movement. Reverend King was doing biblical works. And so when you see today's leaders understanding that and saying, look, this is the same God that Abraham served, Isaac and Jacob, 
uh, and God brought him in a 20th, 20th century model. And so we must let the world know that God honors his preacher. He honors his ministers. And we got to do the greatest yes. job. So Dr. Boone understands that. And so to be there and going regularly, we, we know that's more than just a, tourist, uh, a tourism site. It's, it's more than that. Tourists come, they get uh, exemptions to come from all over the world. But when they get there, they ought to feel something. They ought to see something. They ought to know something that's different in that place than it is on the National Mall or the museums and all the uh, historic uh, archives and uh, museums across the nation's uh, capital. They, they ought to know that this is different. Yes. I do agree. Okay, we are going to move on now to Pastor Carolyn in Houston, Texas. How you doing, Pastor Carolyn? I'm doing fine, June. Thank you for doing this. Yes, Pastor Carolyn, I just want you to know you are a famous woman. <laughs> I don't know that. Hey, <laughs> well, please tell us uh, or tell the world about your ministry and what you do. Uh, I'm pastor of a church, Eastgate Ministries. We are a prophetic church and apostolic. Uh, when I came to Houston in this area, uh, I, there wasn't a prophetic ministry, and especially not by a woman. But God had me open it up, and now I could say 20 years later, the prophetic wow. and the apostolic in the in this area of Katy, Texas. Now, I'm not speaking of Houston when I say there it was not a prophetic window, but there it was in the area of Katy. It was pretty closed up, and um, the Lord has opened it up, and uh, now the prophetic is everywhere, and we continue to prophesy to the nation and to the nations. We're called to the nation. We have a strong ministry. We have a prayer ministry that a group that's been together for 15 years on Wednesday night, and our mandate was to pray for the nation and nations. And we have this core group that has been together for 15 years. So we continue on. Um, Now, Pastor Carolyn. Yeah, go ahead. Pastor Carolyn, one thing that I've noticed after traveling the nation many times that is so unique about your ministry is I consider your ministry like a gateway uh, into the South or gateway into Houston because you are very unique, and I want the world to know this. She is very unique in that she brings power-packed prophetic uh, voices and prophetic activations into that region. I mean, you have at least, what, four a month or something? I mean, yeah. How many do you have a month normally? We try to have one a month, uh, but sometimes we have to do more. But actually, uh, I we try to have one a month and sometimes two. Uh, I yeah. know you prepare our uh, flyers for us, and it may seem like it's more sometimes. But, you know, that's part of a pastor's job is to open doors and to help support itinerant ministries. But see, that's one of the things. When God sent me here and this particular area of Houston was so closed off to the prophetic, I had to bring in the heavy hitters. 
And yes, heavy hitters might mean. not be those who are famous. And God had blessed me to know some powerful, powerful prophetic voices. And that's what it took to break up the fallow ground. But I wanted to say something. I know we're, you're, I think we're, we're going to preach you later, but I want to uh, something Brother Hunt said, uh, Reverend Hunt, which I so appreciate yeah. him hosting the cleanse and you for co-hosting this. But when I was preparing my notes for uh, to about uh, Brother Martin Luther King, uh, it coincided with that I was preaching on the decree of King. And the realization hit me uh, that God used him as a prophet to decree and declare a mandate that the Lord had put upon this nation uh, to set his people free. And that Aww. God had called him as a pastor, and but then he called him out as a deliverer. But that deliverer became a prophet. And as, as Brother Hunt was saying, that the land where the memorial is, you see, this is a fulfillment of his decree. And when he decreed the mandate of the Lord, when he decreed the command of the Lord over this nation, it has fully come to pass. His dream has come to pass. That, oh. the, black, that the black people of this nation are walking in full freedom and respect and honor and in high places. And what he had in his dream has come to pass. But I want to make another point to this, and I guess this is my main point, is he did not just speak that because it was in his man to speak it, commanded him to do it. And in the unction of his command, it has come to pass. Wow. It is pretty profound. And, you know, today... Dr. Hunt, when I was at the memorial, I asked somebody, I was like, why is half the mountain out? I mean, there's a gap in the middle, and then the half of that mountain is, has its face on it, but it's moved forward. Can you explain why that is, Dr. Hunt? I think it's what she was saying. Well, Daniel, in his great understanding of dreams and visions, the stone hewed out of the mountain. God showed the power of his creation and the illustrator, uh, the visionary mind would bring this monument to a biblical type and shadow. And so when you come into the forecourt and you see uh, the wall that uh, has an opening, a cavity, and God's leader has come from nowhere into prominence because when God ordains and he uh, predestines uh, a leader, a work, uh, the stone hewed out of the mountain, uh, the meek and humble lamb. We can see uh, the work of God. This is, this is much uh, divinity, uh, and it's going to take the architects of divinity, those of us who understand uh, the DNA of this leader. You know, in a Jeremiah uh, decree before he was born, God called him uh, to be a prophet to the nations. So uh, that monument is a teachable landmark. And Dr. Boone knows the writings that we, we spent night writing and praying so that we could have some uh, vision clarity. So uh, 
this is a new day. The millennials, yeah. uh, March 24th of last year, they were so disappointed in the murders and violence. They were devastated what was happening in their schools. Uh, and they said, we're going to march to Washington, the march for our lives. And, and I'll just put a comment there, but uh, this place uh, is a must uh, stop. You, you can't go to Washington and, and look for legislation to legislate love. You've got to see what love is. You've got to see how love uh, and greater love had no man than a man that would lay down their life for a friend. You've got to see that exemplary uh, lesson on the National Mall. Yes, amen. Okay, now listen, all of you panel of speakers, I would like for you to be prepared for your sermons. I am going to, Miss Sarah, I am going to play a commercial. Then we will blow the shofar for the prophetic release that all of you ministers are about to release to the nation. And then Sarah will pray and we will kick this off. Okay, here we go. Good evening, Bride. This is your host tonight, the president of We Are The Bride Ministries. I just want to take this time to thank you for listening to We Are The Bride Radio, WATV Radio, and for watching us on WATV.TV. Listen, Bride, this month is our four-year anniversary officially on the radio. We would like to thank all of our listeners across the world. It is a shocking fact that half of our listeners are in the United States and the other half is abroad. Thank you so much. It has been our pleasure to interview over 300 ministers in four years. It is our philosophy that we encourage you to be successful because we need every person doing their part, every person to be successful in ministry. It's all about missions, you know, the mission that God has for you. So I speak blessings over all of you. Thank you for partnering with We Are The Bride Ministries. May God richly bless you, bride. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at WATV Radio. Also, you can check us out, WATVRadio.com and WATV.TV and WeAreTheBride.us. God bless you, bride. Shofar blower, she is very prophetic, and when she blows, believe me, every demon will feel it. Give it up for Miss Vine.
right. Now, Miss Sarah, uh, when you pray, after you pray, we're going to play the national anthem and get started. All right, go ahead, Miss Sarah. You've got the floor. Hallelujah. Praise you, Father. We glorify your name. We have been releasing the washing of the word over this nation for the last 24 hours. We have released days of prayer and fasting, and we are praising you tonight for the prophetic release that will be coming forth as these different ministers share the heart that you have given to them. As they share the dreams, I pray a fresh anointing. I pray fresh strength. I pray increased wisdom and greater understanding, clarity, clarity, clarity for everyone who is listening and that we will be able, this won't be just another program. It'll be a, a beginning of the next millennium, next jubilee year, 50 years yes. of, of what we do honoring uh, the prophet, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., and praising you for a partnership with uh, Reverend Dr. Hunt. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, sister. With Dr. Boone from Washington, D.C. Good evening, Dr. Boone. You've got the floor for your five minutes time. Go ahead, ma'am. Thank you, uh, Dr. Knight and Dr. Hunt. I have chosen for uh, my time. This is the time for healing. And as Dr. Hunt said so very well, that that monument has become to us a place of reflecting, a, a place of, of, of releasing in the atmosphere the spiritual understandings derived from the spiritual principles in the Bible that Dr. King drew with such great power and understanding that has been an inspiration to all of us. So when we look at the day in which we are in now, the uh, internal affairs of our nation, 
that's causing much domestic pain and governmental pain and um, emotional pain. And as we think about the philosophy of Dr. King, when we and, and we reflect upon the insights and knowledge and values and his mindset that uh, he had during his time that has been instilled in us. And that's why this day is so important that all over the nationwide we celebrate his life, his legacy, and his being that prolific spiritual leader, which I um, I, I just um, am so grateful. Dr. Uh, Dr. Hunt has been insistent that this part of his life not be lost. So when uh, we look at the mindset that he had, and that mindset, I will lift up my eyes. Dr. King, in Psalms 121, his whole movement as you read and study of his history, he lifted up his eyes that he could receive the help and he could see receive the inspiration, that he could receive the wisdom from the Lord. And there's no other explanation for exactly. him to be able him guiding a multicultural group of, of, of people into a shift in time that has affected the whole earth. And it brought healing at that time. And that aspect is not to be lost in this day. And Second Chronicles, the second chapter, uh, with a Jehoshaphat, this was the mindset as I have uh, seen it with uh, Dr. King, that uh, he he determined. Uh, uh, Jehoshaphat says, "I set myself. I'm uh, determined to seek the Lord and to declare that our eyes are upon you." Yes, Still today, that is that is so necessary. We yes. are in a whole different season in God. We don't know what to do. And as Sarah said, it's the time of a prophetic move that we can only receive as we seek his face, listen to his voice, and move at his direction. And Dr. King understood, he understood, as in Matthew's the 11th chapter, all that are weary and carry heavy burdens, come to me and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, Jesus said, you know, let me teach you. Come back. To me, for I am humble and I'm gentle of heart, 
and I'll give you rest for your soul. Yes. And this is the time that we must give God our personal weaknesses, give God the yes. weaknesses of our nation, change his wisdom, his strength, the strength of the, the Lord, the strength of the the philosophy that today we celebrate, the mindset that we celebrate that was so powerful in Dr. King and draw upon that strength and encouragement for ourselves so that we can encourage others. So we can press on like Dr. King, no confidence in the flesh. Oh, God, no confidence in the flesh or anything fleshly, but lifting our eyes and, and knowing that God is there to help us lead, yeah. read, meditate, or, or go around many times and meditating upon the inscriptions on that wall at that monument that brings such strength, strength and encouragement. And the we ha, we see today the perspective that uh, the, the, the brings to us the power to transform as we draw upon that wisdom. So I close with Philippians 3.14. Forward, going forward, God has called us heavenward in Christ Jesus, pressing toward that mark. Dr. King left us a, a model he left us the foundation. Now, yes. to bring healing, we must press forward, using that as strength, healing for ourselves, and releasing it to all in which we come into contact. Amen and amen. Amen. Dr. Boone, thank you so much. Listen. We treasure what you have to say. Uh, We honor you tonight, ma'am, and I pray you have a wonderful evening. I pray you stay on and listen to others. Amen. Amen. Okay, now we're moving on to Pastor Carl Tavares from Baltimore, Maryland. Hello, Pastor Carl. How are you, sir? Are you ready to preach the word of God? Amen, amen, amen. Giving honor to our host. Dr. June Knight, giving honor to the co-host, Reverend Arthur L. Hunt, giving honor to Sarah Lowe, giving honor to Pastor Carolyn Sissom, giving honor to Apostle Nataki Thompson, giving honor to Chaplain Yolanda Walker, giving honor to Apostle Fred Berry, honor to Mama Jamie Sterling, giving honor to Apostle Wilbur Scott, and giving honor to Dr. Corinthia Boone, I count it an honor and privilege to address the life and legacy of Dr. Martin Luther King. Amen. Yes. The theme is healing of a nation. We can look back in time to impact or bring about a change in the future. The scripture, John three sixteen, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Matthew 20, yes. 28 says, that even the son of man came not to minister, to be ministered unto, but to minister and give his life 
a ransom forever for for many. Jesus Christ, the son of the living God, did not stay in the confines of the local synagogue. Jesus Christ was very visible in the community. In order to have healing in the nation, we should consider hitting the streets like Jesus did. Galatians 4, chapter 4, verses 4 and 5 state, But when the fullness of time was come, God sent his son, not made of a woman, made under the, not made of a woman, made under the law to redeem them that were under the law that we might receive the adoption of sons. This scripture uh, definitely refers to Jesus Christ. However, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was also a son of the king. Like Jesus, Dr. Martin Luther King did not stay inside the four walls of the local assembly. The late Dr. Martin Luther King was visible in the community. How did Dr. Martin Luther King impact the healing of a nation? The bus boycott was just one example of many situations where under Dr. King's influence, the civil rights movement gained attention and respect. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was greatly responsible for the passing of the Civil Rights Act and the voting Rights Act for African Americans, both in the mid-60s. Dr. Martin Luther King was a prime example of Second Chronicles 714. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my faith and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and will heal, heal the land. Obedience, is, obedience to God's word is the only way we prove our faith. Your obedience matters to God. My obedience matters to God. So how do we impact the healing of a nation? We must hit the streets like Jesus Christ did. Yeah. Do we really want to be drum majors? Who is willing to go into the nursing homes and plant some mothers here? Who is? Do we want to be uh, drum majors? Who is willing to go into the local barbershop? Do we really want to be drum majors? Who is willing to visit the local children's hospital and read a read a book holly who wants to be a drum major who is willing to show a young man how to tie a tie and shake a hand yeah. pastor shirley caesar wrote a song go go ye therefore teach all nations go 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 ye therefore teach all nations go 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 baptizing them in the name of the father the son and the holy ghost go 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 verse two says if you love me really love me Feed my sheep. Hallelujah. If you love me, really love me, feed my sheep. Lord, I'll be with you, Holly, forever and ever until the end of the world. Go, go, go. Dr. Hunt mentioned uh, Brother Gideon. Hallelujah. He had, you all know he had 37,000 men. The Lord said, no, that's too many. So he asked those that were afraid and scared to go home. That was 20,000 that was uh, left. So it left him with think 10,000. They had to be tested. He ended up with 300 men. Uh, Beloved, the Lord doesn't need a crowd. He needs those that are going to follow the cloud. Hallelujah. As he did in the day day night. He's not looking for people that are looking for the spotlight. Hallelujah. He's looking for those that will follow the fire. Hallelujah. The fire of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. I'm reminded my dear sister, Dr. Boone, was uh, accosted one night. Hallelujah. Late at night in Washington, D.C. She may not want me to tell this story, but somebody pulled a gun on her, and uh, the Holy Ghost was in her, stood up, and let me tell you, that little man got the step. She she, she, she just, the Holy Ghost just, so beloved, what I'm saying is we are torchbearers. Hallelujah. We don't have to be ashamed of the gospel of Christ. I hear that we're out there. We have to go. 
and transform this nation, just like Dr. King did. Hallelujah. It's not about us. It's about the glory of God and the redemption of souls. People are dying. Hallelujah. But we have the answer. Jesus Christ, the living God, he has chosen us before the foundation of of the earth. Hallelujah. So all we have to do is hear from him, carry out his instruction, and he'll do the work. In Jesus' name, love you, and thank you for your time. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, Pastor Carl, God is all fired up. Thank you so much, brother. All right, now we're going to move on to Chaplain Yolanda Walker in Nashville, Tennessee. Go ahead, Chaplain. You got the floor. Yes, thank you so much. And, of course, I am just honored to be on the call with all of you today. Uh, I will not be long. Um, I'm coming from Second Chronicles, uh, chapter seven, verse fourteen. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray, and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, and will forgive their sin, and will heal their land. I have a news article excerpt that I would like to share, and it says, it never stopped here are five recent cases of attempted lynchings and noose intimidation. Lynching and noose intimidation is a practice as old as America. And the recent attempted lynching of an eight-year-old in New Hampshire Town has sent shockwaves across the country. The incident occurred in late August when a group of white teens attacked a boy by putting a rope behind his neck and pushing him off a picnic table in Claremont. And they also yelled racial slurs. When we look at how to heal our nation, First, we must have a honest conversation and be real that America is still sick. Cannot be in denial of our sickness. And the question I would ask America is what is our sickness? And if we look at sickness, we see for some of us it's greed, for others it's arrogance. For some, it is war, it is lies, it is pride, it is wrath, etc. Then we have to look at what has caused our sickness. And for some, it is racism, and for others, it is sexism. And how do we treat our sickness? America has been in denial that we are sick. America has been arrogant and has looked down on many countries for their sickness, but we have not been real with God about ours. First of all, to heal our land, we must first realize and admit that we are sick and that we have a problem. Then we must ask God to forgive us and repent of our sickness. When I look at America and her sickness, I think of the pen of justice. 
And just like a medical doctor that writes a prescription for those who are sick, we need a pen of justice to rewrite the wrongs that have occurred in America. We need a pen of justice to, first of all, deal with situations like Flint, Michigan, where people of color are being given water that's poison. We must have a pen of justice to rewrite laws that have kept African Americans and persons of color incarcerated. We must have a pen of justice to rewrite certain predatory loan systems that show up in communities of color, and they will not go into white communities and charge us all kinds of fees that we cannot pay. We must have a pen of justice to rewrite clemency for not only persons of the African-American color, but persons that are Hispanic and persons that are poor whites who couldn't afford a decent attorney. We must have a pen of justice to rewrite what has been wrong in America. Injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. Martin Luther King Jr. said, no, no, we are not satisfied and we will not be satisfied until justice rolls down like waters and righteousness like a mighty stream. We must have a, a pen of justice to deal with the police brutality that has been against persons of color. As my brother had indicated earlier, we have to get out of the confines of the four walls of the church. We cannot continue business as usual, and think that we have arrived and everything is glory, glory. Everything is not glory, glory. There are black men still being harassed, targeted, and killed by police who is supposed to be uplifting the law. We must have a pen of justice, not just for our white sisters and brothers. We must have a pen of justice that is equality for all. Thank you. Thank you, Ms. Yolanda. Uh, let's move on uh, to Pastor Carolyn Sism in uh, Katy, Texas. Hello, Pastor. You've got the floor. Hello, June. Um, I just want to, uh, Sister Yolanda, I just want to bless her and and thank her for her passion. And I realize she works with people in the jail system and is closer to that. Yes. The problems there than I am. But I do want to say that in my world, in my church, and in the community that I live in, we don't have any racial problems. Um, race is not an issue. I have... Um, I have white people in my church. I have white people. I have Hispanic people. I have Asians. Because, see, Houston is an international city. In an international city, we we have all races and we have all nationalities. 
So in our church, we don't have a racial issue because we don't see color. And uh, so I can see from my perspective that Martin Luther King's vision has come true, that what he saw by vision when he said, I have a dream, and I believe I know that he was speaking poetically, but I also know that he was speaking prophetically. I have black people in my church with a college degree, and they hold good jobs, and their children go to the best schools. And and those that uh, maybe do not have their degrees, if they want to work hard, they're able to have a good life. So this is the world I know. And um, I know that the liberal left is trying to redefine the legacy, mission, and ultimate call of Dr. King. But my message today is that God honored and prophetically fulfilled Dr. King's mission. And yes, it cost him his blood, and it was sealed in blood. But uh, it's serious business under the government of the throne of God that God appointed leaders do what the Lord commands. And this man did it at great cost. Cost cost his family, cost him his life. But as leaders, we have to do what what God commands. And there are times when it's hesitation, indecisiveness, And failure to exert one's authority will result in major losses. But if we don't do it, it will result in a defeat for a nation. Dr. King bore the name of king, but he also had the anointing of a king. And there are times when a leader has, in Psalm 72, it's a psalm for the king. It says, oh God, make the king a godly judge like you. Help him to give true justice to your people. Honorably and equal to all. Uh, I want to. I said it earlier, but I'm just so convinced of it as I have spent more time than I usually do on Martin Luther King's birthday because you asked me to do this. Uh, when yeah. God's people ask us to do something, it always stretches us some. But as I began to look and see into the spirit of his life, I know he was called as a pastor and he served as a pastor with a man was a prophet. And he was a prophet that was called to be a deliverer. And he was a prophet that who obeyed God. And we have presidents who have not obeyed God. They have not done what God did. Instead of bringing peace to our nation, they brought trouble. They brought riot. Dr. King declared peace. He declared that all that we do, and for all that we do, we do it in peace and we do it in love. We're not intercessors crying out to the Lord to deliver his people? No. At this point, God has already declared that his people have been set free. And like Dr. King, we should be standing in the Lord's authority with with a command to set God's people free and to do so in a peaceful manner and without violence. Like his name, he's been given the authority of the king for his prophet. He had the power and the authority to declare and decree in the spirit, and he did that. And I believe that his decrees in the I Have a Dream speech and in the mountaintop speech have been prophetically fulfilled. And even the memorial in Washington, D.C. is a declaration that that has been fulfilled. Leaders that God appoints are appointed to different spheres of influence, some smaller and some greater, based on their inheritance or gifts of grace. 
obedience to their calling, integrity, and character. There were kings in the Old Testament that God commanded them to do a certain thing, and the Bible says, and they did not do it. And it brought great trouble upon their land. We have had presidents who were sent by God to bring peace to our land, and they did not do what God told them to do. And it it, it brought trouble and riots upon our land. But Dr. King, he came with the voice of peace. He came with the voice of love. Leaders must work with other leaders if they want to make a greater or global impact. And things happen when a man or woman of God exercise their God-given authority under the anointing, under the command of God. I believe this man was commanded by God to do what he did. And he went to the very top of the mountain, as he said in his, in his I have a dream, uh, in, his, in his speeches from the mountaintop. And he went to the very top of the mountain, and from there he saw and he experienced what God would have him to do. I'm going to read and close with a small excerpt from that because we all need to remember it. I have a dream that one day every valley shall be exalted and every hill and mountain shall be made low. And the rough places will be made plain and the crooked places will be made straight. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all flesh shall see it together. This is our hope. And with this faith, we will be able to transform the jangling discords of our nation into a beautiful symphony of brotherhood. This is the faith that I go back to the South with. And with this faith, we we will be able to hew out of the mountain of despair a stone of hope. And with this faith, we will be able to transform the jangling discords of our nation into a beautiful symphony of brotherhood. And with this faith, we will be able to work together, to pray together, and to struggle together, to stand up for freedom together, knowing that we will all be free one day. And from every mountainside, let freedom ring. And when this happens, when we allow freedom to ring, when we let it ring from every village and every hamlet, from every state and every city, we will be able to speed up that day when all of God's children, black men and white men, Jews and Gentiles, Protestants and Catholics, will be able to join hands together and sing the words of the old Negro hymn, Free. God, God has called us to unity and love, not to condemn or to criticize or to fight one another. And if we have issues and if there are things that are not yet settled, then let us settle it as Dr. King did. Let's go and let's be a man and woman of God. Let's be a leader of our people. And let's declare the love of God over this nation. Let's declare, declare the unity of the body of Christ. Let's declare that we're neither black nor white, nor do we see color, but that we call forth a nation, one nation under God, and that we stand together for one kingdom, the kingdom of God upon this earth, and that the only devil that we fight is the spirit of Antichrist. And the spirit of Antichrist has been loosed upon this land to tear up and divide, and everything that is against Christ is not of God. And we must go and we must declare the victory of the kingdom of God and we must stop coming into agreement with spirits of violence and hatred in this land. Amen. Wow, Pastor Carolyn, thank you so much. That was great. Okay, now we're moving on to Apostle Natiki. 
in Detroit, Michigan. Hello, Apostle. You've got the floor, sister. And then after you, we are going to Mama Janie is on the line. Mama Janie, I see you. Just hang on, and we will do you next, sister. Go ahead, Apostle Nantiki. Amen. Blessings again, everyone. It is truly an honor to be here with you guys. Thank you so much. I consider myself to be one of the babies among you all. And so I I just want to say thank you for your wisdom. I want to say thank you for the positions that you have taken, for the work that you are doing in the kingdom, for being examples to us that are in the gospel with you as well as those that will be coming up. So I say thank you, thank you, thank you, truly. Um, As I was listening to everybody, the Holy Spirit put a scripture on my heart out of Matthew 22, and I know we are familiar with it, and it's the two great commandments. And the scripture says that you are to love Adonai, your God, with all of your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your strength. This is the most greatest and most important commandment. And the second is similar to it. You are to love your neighbor as yourself. When I think about Dr. King, I think about him breaking down barriers, uprooting the ground of division, dismantling the um, off ideology of men's thinking, and he reminded us of this scripture right here, to love your neighbor as yourself. Our neighbor is not the one who lives next to us. It is every human being whom God and God alone has created. And so I think that's extremely important as we carry on the legacy that Dr. King left us to follow. And scripture says in Ecclesiastic 3, it says there's a time to uproot, to heal, and to build. And I remember a few weeks ago, really in the beginning of 2019, Holy Spirit said to me that we must move with precision and that we have to move without fear We have to go when the Father tells us to go speak, when the Father tells us to speak. We must be the light and the salt in the earth that Christ told us that we are to be. We must truly be obedient unto the Lord, knowing that there are a multitude of folk who are lost, that we are to be a people of God that will move in action. And know that when we're moving, that we are confident that the Lord is with us with signs accompanying. And so my brothers and my sisters have said that out of Second Chronicles 7, that we must repent, we must pray, we must seek the Father's faith. And what I hear out of that is them summoning Adonai Rapha our God who delivers and heals. And that's exactly what we need. We need the people in this nation for us to be delivered, for our nation to truly receive the opportunity to be healed. I love the prophets because the prophets did not separate themselves from the sins of the people. They went into intercession and they began to pray. 
And that's exactly what we need to do. So I say to you that we must assume our position. We must be obedient and truly be the light and the salt in the earth at this time. We must arise as the people of God and know that our king, the lion of the tribe of Judah, roars with authority. He roars with power. He roars with victory. And he's declaring that he is to and will reign in the United States of America. We will not be a nation that crumbles because of division, but we will rise and thrive in unity, righteousness, and love. So I ask you to go out into your community. Make your presence known. Let them know that you are there, that one life can be changed. May resurgence hit the United States of America. May we rise in life, activity, and prominence. May we experience growth and increase in areas that we have not experienced experienced it in a while. In the mighty name wow. of Jesus, amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Apostle Nataki. Okay, now we're going to go on to Mama Janie, but I think she just got disconnected. Let me see. Yep, she is disconnected. So now we are going to go to um, Apostle Fred Berry out in Los Angeles, California. Now, after we finish with Apostle, we're going to move on and let Dr. Hunt finish the night out uh, with his word. I may have a few, a little bit, but uh, go ahead, Apostle. You got the floor. Well, praise the Lord, everybody. God bless you. So wonderful to be with you tonight and to hear all of the messages that have been uh, put on your hearts. I, too, am being touched in my heart about what's happening in uh, America, but also around the world. And so I want to start with Second Chronicles 7.14, which some of you have already started with, but I, I want to encourage you to uh, delve into the scripture in such a way that you will see reflected your life, your ministry, and the life of people that you represent. This word says, if my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, and it says, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and will heal their land. And my premise for you tonight, my brothers and sisters, in the few minutes that I have, is that we are the ones that have wickedness in our hearts. And I'm not talking about the world. I'm not talking about America. I'm talking about the church. And as an intercessor, it breaks my heart uh, when we see racism within the body of Christ. And so my yes. message to you today is that this wickedness has to be rooted out within our own body. What's happening in America, what's happening around the world, is not uncommon for any group of sinners. Sinners sin. But what is happening within the church and what has happened over time, we have seen that we are being destroyed for a lack of knowledge. And that knowledge that we lack is that we are a new creature, a new creation. As I travel around the world, uh, I'm a very large black man, but I don't see myself as black anymore. I don't even see myself as American anymore. When I go to Brazil, I'm Brazilian. 
When I go to Germany, I'm German. When I'm with the Africans, I'm African because I become all things to all people. And God has used my life in such a way that I can now see that our, our differences have been used by the enemy to separate us. And so that has caused us to be destroyed by this one very simple truth, that we are new creatures in Christ. We have the hope of glory. Jesus Christ is within us. And so as we prepare our hearts and meditate on the things that Dr. King has done, I have to remind you he was a prophet to our nation. He confronted the Pharaoh of that day, and he brought to light the truth of God's word, which was love will cover a multitude of sins. And so I'm here to encourage you, number one, be the Moses of your generation. Be the man or woman of God to confront that wickedness within us because it is when we are when we are cleansed that we can then be salt and light and we can be the manifestation of God's love and deliverance and power in a nation. And so it is important that we understand that as Dr. King obeyed the call of God on his life, that the words of his uh, prophetic declaration came true. Forty years later, we had an African-American president. Forty years later, God did answer the prayers of all of those saints. And so we see with the Obama presidency, whether you agree with his presidency or not, it was a fulfillment of prophecy. The Bible says that God sets kings up and he brings them down. He puts people in place and he sets people in different places. And so as we live and see what's happening now with our new president, we can understand the hand of God working in our nation to bring us to a simple truth that he does not look on the flesh, he looks on the heart. And God uses people for a particular purpose. And so we've got to begin to understand that we're coming to another pivotal moment. God works in times and seasons. We're coming into cycles. And as we come to the 400th year of the uh, triangle slave trade, we can recognize that God's about to do something that he did for his very same children of Israel, and that he's about to bring out a mixed multitude that are a unique breed of people to establish his kingdom. And so I'm here to declare to you that we need to begin to assign our hearts to the things that break his heart and begin to pray for our church, pray for this nation, and pray that uh, God will begin to give us understanding of what's been done in the church. Racism was brought to this nation by the church. It was the church that propagated the lie of uh, the curse of Ham and that black people are cursed. And so it's very prophetic that Martin Luther King, who was Mike King, changed his name after going to Germany and seeing the great performer Martin Luther and knowing that he had a assignment to confront the wickedness in high places, and it would start within the church. And I'm here to declare to you once again that the church will have to be confronted with the very racism that we are picking at. It's within us. And when we are healed, when we turn from our wicked ways, then God is going to hear us. He's going to heal this land, and he's going to heal this land by the gospel being preached, by the gospel being declared, 
and people seeing signs, wonders, and miracles, and the confirmation of his word with supernatural healing and supernatural confirmation. And so I'm here yeah. to declare to all of you that are listening today that this is the hour of God's power upon the church, and we need to have clean hands. We need to have a clean heart. And if we will con- confront the racism within our own body, then we will see this nation turn back to God. And so as we read the word, we're going to need some help. As we read the word, we're going to need the help of the Holy Spirit to bring us to the truth that we need to be led by the Spirit, that the Holy Spirit needs to be within us. It is the Holy Spirit that will touch our hearts and give us the tongue of the learn to know what to say one to another. And as Peter confront, was confronted by Apostle Paul for his bias, for his racism, that then the church will be on the right path to be salt, to change a nation, to change a world. And you're going to see that what God's about to do in this last hour, those that are last, he's going to make first. And so I look forward to those Africans and those Asians and those people that don't speak King James that have the anointing of God upon their lives, that they can come and confront us in America, us in this Western world, of what we have done by dividing our people according to denominations and ethnic groups and language groups, and that we can begin to say, free at last, free at last. We are all one people, and we will be free at last. So I thank you for your time. I look forward to being with you in the future. And our work on Azusa Street continues of bringing the body of Christ together by the Spirit of God. And so Martin Luther King has accomplished his purpose. He confronted the Pharaoh of his day. But I'm challenging you that are listening today that you need to be of the same mind, the same spirit. And as God uses you within your own groups, then we can talk to the world because the world will see by our love one for another, that the Father sent the Son. And so I thank God for Dr. Jen and Dr. Hunt for your endeavor to bring us together. This list of speakers looks like the body of Christ, male, female, young, black. Uh, This is how the world is going to see and believe our words because they're going to be demonstrated by the way we act and how we work together as the body of Christ. And so I want to just yeah. encourage you today, as we step into this year, 2019, this is a year that the slaves will be set free. This slavery in our mind, this misunderstanding yeah. in our mind, that we are black or white or Hispanic, those constructs will go away because we are all in Christ Jesus. We are not black anymore. We're not white Come anymore. On. We are children of God, and we're going to the promised land. And that land that's promised us is not just this physical land here in America. That land is a heavenly Jerusalem. That land is the place where the king of kings lights that land, and we will be together. And there will be a wall there, and not everybody's going to get in there. And so I say to you today, preach the gospel while you have time. Share the gospel while you have time. There is neither black nor white. Jew, nor uh, a non-Jew or male or female. We are all one in Christ Jesus, and we are new creatures in Christ. We are no longer what we think we are. We are born. That's right. We are saved, sanctified, 
filled with the Holy Ghost, and it's time for us to begin yeah. to act like it and confront anybody in our members. I don't care about the world. The world will get a witness by our love one for another. It's because we have yeah. not been walking in very unity that the world can't see. They can't see it because we have corruption among ourselves. We have division among ourselves. Those days need to go away. And for those that are intercessors, this is the intercession of the hour to pray for the church, to break the spirit of division within the church so yes. that we will be one in Christ Jesus, and we'll see it. We'll see it manifested when we start doing our yes. conferences. We'll start seeing it when we begin to speak on stages together. Not a white church, yes. not a black church, not a Pentecostal church, not a Baptist church, not a Presbyterian church, but one church in Christ Jesus, and then the world's going to know by our love one for another, that the Father sent the Son. Somebody say hallelujah. Woo! I am fired up, brother. Yes, Lord. Thank you, my sister. All right. It's a pleasure to be with you. Yes. All right, Dr. Hunt, listen. We are going to give you the floor, sir, because you are the host tonight. You can finalize and seal Everything that's been happening with the cleanse, we finished reading the Bible in 24 hours all across the country, 50 states pulled together, all of them read seven people, 15 minutes each, coming together in agreement, the fasting and praying, the getting together every night, talking. You have been tireless. We honor you today, first of all. We honor you with all that you have done in our nation and for all peoples. So if you would seal the deal, and then Dr. Boone, when he finishes, we would love for each of you panelists that are still on the broadcast, we would love for you to pray for our country, okay? We are going to pray, and we are going to seal and believe that God is going to shift and that we are stepping into a new dimension. We can make the change today. Just like the spirit of Martin Luther King Jr., we can do this. This is our time, you know. So go ahead, Dr. Hunt. You got the floor, sir. Dr. Hunt? Yes, thank you so much. I'm just listening at this awesome uh, panel. Uh, This is a night that uh, will go down in history as a new beginning. Uh, This is the first year of the next 50 years. Uh, beyond the assassination and final prophecy of Reverend Dr. King. So we are setting a new template. Uh, We are realigning things that have been misaligned. And what I've heard tonight from the panel members has been rich, uh, a composite, uh, a compendium of so many things that we talk about and that we're putting in action uh, to heal uh, anything, uh, it submits to us that something has been uh, sick, uh, broken, uh, injured, uh, some dysfunction or disease has uh, uh, caused that uh, illness, disrepair. And the body, uh, Isaiah said it so well in his day that the people were sinful and full of iniquity. In the first chapter, verse 5, he began to talk about uh, uh, the need for us to learn. God doesn't want to keep 
teaching us lessons that we should have learned years ago. Uh, Paul told Timothy, it's good to learn, but let's not be ever learning and never come into the knowledge of truth. Uh, we go to the medical professionals so that we can find out where the illness uh, has originated and get the remedy, the treatment. And love is uh, the ointment that we need today. We need the love ointment. And the love ointment is one that has honor. Letter to the church at Rome talked about giving honor to whom honor is due. Everybody has a God factor in them. We all came from God, and we're all on our way back to God. And so how do we get distracted and get divided with these detours that have separated us? We do see color, but, and we do see differences but we're to see the differences without being divided. That's the key of understanding how unique we all are. God made us different so the individuality would be a part of his divine orchestration that nobody could say he could not make us so unique. And so we need to celebrate the differences and see that the body is better when it's functioning as one. And so we know the uh, the members, and we know how that uh, letter that God gave Paul about the many members, we are many members, uh, yeah. and we are different. Each part has a different function, but we don't minimize, we don't discriminate. We let the body come into an order, a unified flow, a whole, W-H-O-L-E, uh, and well body. If the body is sick, and the sickness in our world is a love deficiency. We've had love valves that have broken. And so the love has uh, seeped out. It's not a shortage of love because God is love, but we are allowing the love to seep out of the valves of our heart. And so we've got to close those uh, leaking valves. And you do that by giving honor. Honor is the plugging of the, uh, the valves that allow the love to come and seep without really being utilized. We call that a hemorrhaging when you lose the blood. So I, I want to be short because I need prayer. We need prayer. Uh, Reverend Dr. King is uh, here in a type and shadow. His dream, and I've heard it articulated uh, so often. I, I just have one scripture that we can always look at in Numbers 12 and 6. Uh, God is teaching Miriam and Aaron how to give honor to, honor to the prophet. And they were having a discussion about his marriage, etc. In verse 6 of chapter 12, Numbers, God brings them out and he says, Hear now my words. God's talking. He says, if there be a prophet, or when there's a prophet among you, I, the Lord, will make myself known unto him in a vision. I will speak unto him in a dream. And so when God wants to get a message to the people, he gets the prophet the information and the strategy to bring transformation. And that's what Reverend Dr. King taught us, how to be visionary, how to take a dream and bring it into reality. And I agree 
uh, that the dream uh, in so many ways has been fulfilled. We've got to go from if my people to now that my people. The only reason God yeah. put the clause if my people because he knew that the people were not doing what the people should be doing. Otherwise, he would say, look at my people doing. Look at yeah. them producing. So he wanted to move that out for productivity. And so I'm challenging us. And I wrote a poem, a prophetic poem, the first tribute I did in honor of Reverend Dr. King. And I want to share that with you all 30 years later. I wrote it uh, on my birthday in December uh, oh. of 19, uh, December the 18th. Uh, today is my father's birthday. He would be uh, 89. So there's oh. a lot happening uh, in the chronos. But one thing I learned that I think is most important, we should just learn to give honor. Everywhere we go, find the honorable thing in a person. My dad used to say, son, when you meet somebody you don't agree with, he said, find the thing that you agree on. Make a mountain out of that. And the things that you don't agree on, make a molehill out of that. Spend your time building up the person. Find those agreement clauses. And so we have to make a decision to be united and to learn how to love and to put it in action. And so I'll close with this poem because uh, today, as you said, Dr. Knight, the Lord gave a vision that we would cleanse the nation. Today would be the day of a holy day. And we would start in Arkansas yesterday and read the entire Bible from Genesis to Revelation. You, Dr. Boone, and those of you who are a part of the panel were reading the last two chapters. Some of the chapters are still being recaptured and read, and we believe that by tomorrow morning and soon thereafter, the entire Bible would be like a spiritual IV going into the vein of America, a spiritual IV just pouring and infusing love because that is what conquers all, love. So the poem, and it speaks about after the dream, after the dream. And I saw this, and it has some relevance today, after the dream. And I charge us to hear and uh, adhere. Uh, Before I give the poem, I want to just share that much of our information is on our website, MLK Bible, the MLK with the Bible, uh, dot education. You can share that later. But after the dream, from rags to riches, some have came. Fame and fortune, others have obtained. The start, my friend, is quite simple, you see. It can easily be found in the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. life's history. Not many years ago, a new man emerged, full of spirit, full of love, commissioned to spread God's word. In a cold-hearted world with fighting foes, yes, tough times he went through. But with head held high and eyes to the sky, he knew what faith would do. A new nation seen, a new dream dreamt, perceived by this great man. The nation to build the dream to fulfill when he died, he left in our hands. From north to south, from coast to coast, this celebration now unites people both near and abroad. 
to share the joy of the dream, but most of all, to thank God. Father, we thank you that it's in our hands. Yes. We are the custodian. We're the keepers of the faith. And I thank you for Dr. Knight and for everyone that's in this panel assembly. And for those who are hearing now and those who will hear this in the rebroadcasting and from the archives, God, that we would learn how to let love be without dissimulation, without hypocrisy. God, and that we would abhor, hate the evil, and that we would cling to that which is good. Help us to love like you love. And, God, when it happens, the world would want you because they see by our love shall all know that we are your disciples. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Wow. Dr. Hunt, that was so amazing, that poem that you wrote. What year was that? That poem was 1989, and um, I still see it as a, a call today for us to yes. do our part. It's it's yes. a thirty year old poem uh as we speak. Yes. Wow. Well I just want to say thank you for everything. Okay, Doctor Boone, we are going to go back to you. You are now live and we would love for you to pray for our nation and then we're gonna go down the line and let everybody pray. Go ahead, Doctor Boone in Washington D C. Dr. Boone, you've got the floor. Can you hear me? Yes, ma'am, I can now. You've got the floor. Go ahead and pray. All right. Father, we just are so grateful for this time in space and for what we have heard during this significant Martin Luther King Day. And, Father, we're decreeing that we are moving into a new space, a space where all are on level ground, the rich, the poor, the educated, the uneducated, that we are level ground in this new space with equality, promoting unity, with one purpose, to advance the kingdom of God. So, Father, to allow the Holy Spirit to pull us up to the level of unity shared by the Father and the Son. Lord, in this nation, In the church, we have the authority, God, for us to deal with the prejudice of likes and dislikes that can destroy the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. Help us, Lord, to continue, the church, the believers, to continue steadfastly in prayer, fellowship, and sharing the word of God, getting outside the walls of the church, God in the community, sharing 
the love of Jesus. Help us, Lord, to always remember where we came from and reach back and pull up others. So, Father, to allow the Holy Spirit to bind us together in love. Yes, Amen. Yes. Amen. That was so beautiful, Dr. Boone. Okay, now we're going to ask Miss Sarah Lowe. She is still on the line with us from the National Day of Prayer. Miss Sarah, would you pray for the nation, please, ma'am? Oh, Father, we're so grateful for all the encouragement that we've had as we prepared our hearts for this this day of the cleanse. And, Lord, we're praising yeah. you right now that we feel a, a fresh invasion of love, a fresh infusion yeah. that will just reach uh, to every cell in our bodies. And, Lord, I pray that we will uh, just slosh out on everybody, that the love that comes from you will be manifest in us and come through us. Lord, I praise you for the light that's shining in the darkness, and we praise you that each one of us will go and do all that you have called us to do as we are uh, careful to always give you the glory and the honor that are due to you. I do pray in agreement with my brothers and sisters on this line for a fresh awakening of, of love in this nation that will uh, dispel yes. all the darkness, all the hatred, and, and all the stuff that has uh, tried to hinder us from the great revival that you are planning to send to us. We pray all of this in your name and for your glory. Amen. Amen. Sarah, thank you so much for giving us your time tonight, sister. Okay, now we're moving on to Miss Chaplain Yolanda Walker in Nashville, Tennessee. Chaplain, would you mind praying for the nation, please? Yes, let us pray. Dear gracious and eternal God in heaven, God, first of all, I thank you for every panelist. God, I thank you uh, just yes. for us coming together to be able to minister to what's going on in our nation. We pray a special yes. bless- blessing over Dr. June, God, we pray right now that you will continue to open up the doors that you desire for her to have open. God, we lift up our president. Mm -hmm. We plead the blood of Jesus from the top of his head to the soles of his feet. God, we pray right now that he will be led by your spirit, that he will make the the decisions that you desire for him to make, oh God. That he will not be persuaded by the left or the right but he will continue to look up to you. God, we pray right now that you will continue to touch those who are in government. Father, we pray that you will touch those who are on furlough. God, we pray right now that you will just continue to bless them, that they will not go without. We pray that there will be an overabundance of love that will come through the churches to help feed them, to help clothe them, to help take care of their bills until they uh, have their paychecks coming again. And, Father God, we thank you for Dr. King. We thank you for his life. We thank you for his legacy. And most of all, we thank you for his dream. And, God, we thank you that we will continue his dream. And when we see injustice, we will speak and rebuke it. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen, Chaplain. Thank you so much. Now, 
Apostle Fred in Los Angeles, would you mind praying a few minutes for our nation? Amen. Well, Father, we just thank you now for this great nation that you have brought us to, that those of us that have been brought here by immigration or by force or however we got here, we thank you for this great nation. And we ask now, Lord, that your spirit abide in this nation. I thank you for waking up the prophets and sending them to the leadership of this nation, send them to the Democratic Party, the Republican Party, to the President of the United States. I thank you, Lord, that you're going to speak to each one of these prophets to speak a word in due season. Let your spirit abide upon the people of God in this nation, that they would speak truth to power, raise up a mighty church with clean hands and a pure heart. Let your spirit rest upon them the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge, the spirit of the fear of the Lord, and let them have understanding. Let them be of a quick study and that they're not led by their eyes or their ears, but they're led by your spirit. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen, Apostle. That was powerful. What about you, Apostle Natiki? Amen. Daddy, we just thank you so much for the work that has been done today. I thank you so much for my siblings. I thank you so much for the inhabitants of this land and the Holy Spirit sweeping through this land and encouraging us, pressing it upon us, convicting us to repent of our sins as well as to bow down and surrender unto you and give you the glory that is truly due your name. Daddy, I ask the truth that you will just hear us and that you will cause those that are in positions of leadership to truly hear the voices of the prophet, to have a heart, to yield and obey to the word that you are sending to them, that this country may experience the change and the transformation that you so desire. May we as a people of this country come into agreement with your will. May we all declare truly that it is your will that is to be done and not ours. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I want to tell you all, even though the live air stops, it's still recording, and this will go down in history, so we're going to continue. Okay, Pastor Carl, you've got the floor. Pastor Carl, amen. you give would thanks. pray for the nation, sir. Yes, go amen. ahead. Amen. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endure forever. Good thanks unto the God of gods. For his mercy endure forever. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord of Lords, for his mercy endure forever. To him that yes, made great light, for his mercy endure forever. The sun to rule by day, for his mercy endure forever. The moon and stars to rule by night, for his mercy endure forever. Oh, give thanks unto the God of heaven, for his mercy endures forever. Lord, we thank you. For unity, for you said where there is unity, you command a blessing. Lord, it's not yeah. by power nor by money, but by your spirit, Lord God. We thank you for choosing us for such a time as this. Hallelujah. We will arise and shine and give you the glory. For you are the light of the world, Lord God, and we are your ambassadors, Lord God. We're not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Yeah. We thank you for choosing us for such a time as this, Lord God, and we We will not disappoint you, Lord God. We will humble ourselves. We'll seek your face. We'll get uh, our assignments from you, and we'll go and do it. Hallelujah. We thank you for unity. We thank you for everyone that 
uh, every every uh, one that's under the sound of my voice, Lord God, we just thank you for blessing them, Lord God. We thank you for them uh, accepting the call of your life. We thank you for them making a difference in their communities. In the mighty name of Jesus, yes. we pray. Amen and amen. Amen. Now, listen, all of you panelists, I want you to stay on the line because uh, I'm going to pray for you, and then I'm going to ask you, Dr. Hunt, to finish out the night and to pray for, I would love for you, sir, really, uh, to pray for all of America and for healing and for all of the panelists after I finish praying, okay? Lord... We just thank you so much for all that has happened this month, stepping into 2019. Lord, we know that all this chaos is going on around us, Lord. We see it. We know it, Lord. But when we consider Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr., Lord, we consider that in his day it was the same way. And he was faced with the same demons that we are faced with today, Lord. We recognize, Father, that our battle is not with flesh and blood, but it's with the principalities and the powers of the air. Lord, I pray tonight that we, the church, your bride, that we would carry that same mantle, Lord, that we can face those devils head on, And we can say in our day, like Apostle Fred said, in our day, this is our time. And we will refuse for those devils to hold us back from our destiny to continue to divide us or to continue to try to stop us from flowing in unity because when we come together in unity, we can move mountains. Lord, this is our choice. This is our day to do something about it just like he did back in his day as Pastor Carl charged us to do. Lord, tonight we decree and declare as ministers of the gospel of Jesus Christ that this is a day of a new day dawning, that the tide is shifting. We are decreeing and declaring it into the atmosphere prophetically, in unity, that our nation will not continue down the same path of division. We refuse to accept the fact that the devil is trying to place before our eyes, and we are choosing to go by the truth, which is the word of God, and it says that we are in unity and that we are an army of the living God and that there is no Greek and there is no Jew and there is no Gentile. We are children of the Most High God. Lord, we recognize today that we are called to be advancing in the army. Lord, we are called to be maturing as the body of Christ in 2019. Lord, it is prophetic that we're doing this broadcast tonight in January. We are cutting the snake's head off right now in Jesus' name. And, Lord, we are declaring that we will go forth like Martin Luther King Jr. did, Lord, not no, not caring what others are doing because we cannot change the others, Lord. We can change ourselves. So we are choosing, Lord, to honor you today and to decree and declare in partnership with heaven with what you want to do in the body of Christ in the United States of America, Lord. 
And we thank you and give you praise that all of our speakers tonight, Lord, that they gave their time and effort and their uh, spirit into what they said tonight, Lord. And I pray blessings on all of them, Lord. And I pray you increase their ministries, Lord. Increase their territories, Lord. Give them what they're asking for, Lord. Give them the tools and strategies that they need to accomplish the missions in all areas that they're at, Lord. We are in unity that the body of Christ needs to be successful. Everyone needs to complete their mission. Everyone is called of the living God. And we're in agreement that every one of us will have the money we need to accomplish our mission. We will have the buildings we need to accomplish our mission. We will have the favor we need to accomplish our mission. And we will have the love we need to accomplish our mission. And, Lord, I just want to say tonight, being up here in Washington, D.C., and I'm, I can just feel it in the spirit, Dr. Bo- Dr. Boone, that we are in unison on this right now. From the nation's capital, Lord, we repent that for the nation for the sickness that our church has caused the nation. The nation is in the shape it's in because of the condition of the church. And we repent tonight, Lord. We repent for the division. Lord, we're asking you to have mercy and grace upon your church, Lord, upon the remnant. And, Lord, we're asking you to infuse us with the power of love, Lord. Let 2019 be a baptism of love, Lord. That is the true revival that we need, Lord. That is love that we need for our fellow brothers and sisters, Lord. Let it happen through us, Lord. Uproot all the roots, uproot all that bitterness and all the offenses that have been done to the body of Christ. Pull those roots up, Lord, and let us deal with that thing and let us squash it and say we will refuse to partner with that offense. We will refuse to partner with the lies of the devil. We will partner with the word of God, and the word of God says that we are the head and not the tail. We are above and not beneath. In Jesus' name, we give you glory tonight, Lord. Hallelujah. I'm ready to speak. <laughs> I'm ready to speak in tongues, Brad. Okay, Dr. Hunt, you've got the floor to uh, finish out this broadcast by praying, sir. We're so honored that you're on the broadcast tonight. We can't wait to see what God's going to release out of you, sir. So let me say to everybody, I love you. I Love each of you. I feel the love permeating, and I honor uh, Sarah Lowe, a matriarch, mom in the movement of faith and love and prayer. Uh, been there Aww. in so many ways. Um, so I just honor the God in Sarah Lowe, and I'm gonna honor you, Dr. Boone and Dr. June. You all are like twins in uh, the capital city. The Lord has brought you all together to just be well uh, bonded. So I want to honor you all for allowing me to be a part of your life and to be uh, a part of this uh, presentation honoring uh, the God of Reverend Dr. King. Uh, Pastor Carl, uh, I love you and I honor you. Apostle uh, Nikiti, I love and honor you. Apostle Wilbert, uh, Mama uh, Janie, 
Apostle Fred, Chaplain Yolanda, uh, Pastor Carolyn, uh, Honor. If I missed anybody, uh, I want to say your name because uh, God is saying to me, you all, we all have keys. We have keys. And he wants us to use our keys to access uh, the things that he's granted. And it's a new day. And we are the kingdom leaders. In the spirit of Reverend Dr. King, when he came on behalf of God, he didn't come to Washington to ask for permission or wait on them to give proclamations or decrees or legislation that they approved. If God told him to do it, he went and got it done. We take our keys and we open the doors and get it done. Father, because you've been uh, gauged us, you've empowered us, we say, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. And we celebrate the victory from Arkansas across America. We are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus who loves us. So victory, victory, victory going forward. Hallelujah. Amen. much, Dr. Hunt. We are going to go out tonight with the shofar being blown, making it official, what God did on this broadcast tonight. With our Thank official you. shofar blower, please give it up for Ms. Bonnie Bryant. Ms. Bonnie is an international shofar blower. She is very prophetic, and when she blows, believe me, every demon will feel it. Give it up for Ms. Bonnie. Thank you.